Bulldog and Friends is proud to be partnered with and bring awareness to the program Saving Innocence. Saving Innocence is a 10-year-old nonprofit agency based in Los Angeles that specializes in the recovery and the restoration of child victims of sex trafficking. A little bit of information. The average age of entry is just 12 years old as they begin their journey into exploitation and the most horrific form of child abuse bought and sold like somebody's property, and it's happening right here in our own backyard to our own American-born children. To learn more about how you can help, follow them on social media at Saving Innocence and visit their website to make a donation. Now we're proud to bring you Bulldog and Friends. Hi, my name is Todd Buller, and I've lived a blessed life. And I'm so excited to share my friends with you and that's why we created bulldog and friends welcome to bath world bulldog and friends with the one the only butch hello butch which is known in the bulldog world i have known him for 40 years played football watched him wrestle West Valley debate team, golf aplenty. Welcome the artist, formerly known, Chris McCrady, Butch. All right, Butch, how you doing? Thanks, Stevie. I'm doing really well and really honored to be on the big show here with uh, friends. Hey, I, I got to say, um, following Jake Holmes and Willie Thorne, that's a tough act to follow. I'll try to do my best, but I got to say, you mentioned it. Those guys are so funny. The times I've spent with them together, I tell my wife, my face hurts from laughing so much. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on me right now. So. No pressure, but you got a huge resume of things in the bath world. That's for sure. Again, Chris has, uh, I get his answer machine and it says, Chris is, it's always, I never get him. I always get his answer machine. Chris is not available. And I always look at that the answer machine, I say his name is Butch, not Chris. Please don't call him Chris. All right, we got some questions, Butch. It's uh, they're fun. Just kind of, we'll just kind of go with it, and we'll we'll have Bo do all the editing. Here we go. First one is favorite actor or actress. Yeah, there's so many. It's it's really tough to pinpoint one. As I was thinking about this, it it has to be for me Jack Nicholson. Almost any time a movie comes on with Jack Nicholson, whether it's The Departed, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, there's just so many. His resume of filmmaking or starring in films is, is incredible. And definitely he's at the top. For sure. Yeah, he's great. Obviously, the ones that you said, he, he's won all the awards. But not only that, he just has that iconic look and I, I love him because he's a lakers fan but that's a great pick butch and i don't know if we've had anybody that said him some people have rounded up but nobody's actually pinpointed uh jack nicholson so that's a great one okay yeah, favorites go ahead oh go ahead no, no go, go ahead. ahead you're the man i was gonna say a lot of his movies are considered top of all time chinatown i don't know if you've ever seen that that's, yeah that's an incredible movie uh, as well you could have been a co-star with him, Butch. You, you could hold you could hold your own with Jack Nicholson, no <laughs> doubt in my mind. All right, favorite sports team you played on? Yeah, I just got to start by saying I feel like in, in listening to all these podcasts, and I, I knew this before, I missed out by not playing football my sophomore year because of that team 
that you guys were all on, yourself, Herb, Ronnie. Sounds like a great time. I didn't start playing football till junior year, and I was really slow and short and couldn't hit. So I was marginal. We had a lot of fun together, though, on the receivers and hanging out. And yeah, there's a lot to it. I was, it was funny. I looked at some old, I found this old scrapbook, and there were things in it. I didn't remember any of the plays, and I don't remember any of that stuff. All I remember is hanging out with people, you and Dave Ron as on the receiver stuff, things like that. Yeah. That's all it's I remember. I don't remember if you scored a touchdown or if you caught a pick. So I get to my favorite team, but you just brought something up that uh, kind of jogged my memory. One of my memories of playing football, and this is at your expense, we were in practice and we we're I was running like a go route. I don't know if you remember this, but I actually beat you for a touchdown, which never happened. And Coach Cox got on you so hard. And then he denigrated me by saying, how do you let McCrary get by you? We find him in the 40 with a calendar. And that's just oh. ingrained on my brain so hard. I'll, I'll never forget that. I don't know if you remember that one. I do. I do remember something. I, I, Cox was on my ass all the time, which is fine. I, I guess it made me a better player. I don't know if I was any better, but it was something. Tell us about your favorite sports team. The favorite sports team for me would have to be, I I wrestled, I was a wrestler since seven. And uh, by the time, and this was building up as I was a sophomore, there was a group of us that were sophomores and actually some that were still in middle school when we were, we back then it was 10th, 11th grade in high school. But we knew we had these people that had the potential to be really good wrestlers. And it culminated in 1982, where at the league finals, I think back then there was 12, 11 or 12 weight classes. And we had every weight class except one was represented in the finals of the SCAL. And I don't think that happened before or since then. And there's been other years where there's been really good wrestlers that went to state. But as far as like, having good or great wrestlers at every weight class was incredible. And it was just a, such a great experience. I loved wrestling, probably should have wrestled. I was not that good of a basketball player, but it was a family thing. So I played basketball, but you and I probably wouldn't have made your, you guys, the team was too good. I would have probably even made it, but I loved going and watching wrestling. And I remember I do remember the finals of the STAL, but I remember more the CCS when we, I think either we pinned or we, but we were in first place in CCS and ended up in second place overall, the best finish that Leland's ever had uh, that year in 82. And you're right. It was just a collection of some good athletic guys who had been wrestling for a long time and it all came together. The Foos, you guys, Willie, Keith, it it just kind of all came together. Yeah, the, the Foos, obviously, they were just top-notch. Tony Foo. Barker. Went to state. Barker went to state. With John, people like John Angelari, Jeff Gill, the Giller. Yeah, oh, Gill. Such great guys. It was so much fun and a great experience. Just really exciting times from a sport, sports standpoint. You know, coaching-wise, it was the meeting of Alfred A. Wong and yeah. Coach Gans. Remember, we were rivals. It was Castellaro versus Bret Hart, and then we came together and they coached together. Weren't they coaching together? The bitter rivals when we were 
I was I went to Castellero and we wrestled uh, against Bret Hart in ninth grade, and there was some discrepancy with the score. And um, <laughs> Awong, who uh, hey, I love Alfred to death, but he was he was a hothead and just he didn't like Brian Brian Gans, our coach at that time. And it turns out the next year they joined forces to coach Leland, and yeah. it was a great like they complemented each other's skills and that that helped lead to having that great team in, in 1982 for sure yeah i remember I, in our yearbook there's a picture of alfred and brian gets shaking hands like in the wrestling page and i for i just cracked me up because i remember they just hated each other when they one was at castellero and one was that because i knew brian from our family knew him and then and i did he wanted me to wrestle and ah, i'm not gonna wrestle i should have but and i remember that picture so that was great that was yeah. a great one, Butch. Good team, I'll tell you. For for me, uh, just as an aside, I, I got the opportunity years later when my son, I never expected him to be a wrestler. And and actually, he probably shouldn't have been because he grew to be six foot two, 180 pounds. So he probably should have played basketball. <laughs> but uh, I got the opportunity to coach, assistant coach, well, head coach Bret Hart wrestling for a number of years while he was there and then I helped out with the staff so it was like a full circle thing and that was almost as good as the experience of actually wrestling back in high school you know what you came to, you, you finally saw the light and got to Bret Hart good job Butch. I the little garbage <laughs> the Cobras television show that you watch now that you would not have watched in high school oh man there are so many of them one that sticks out, and, and I didn't, I don't even know how I came upon this, but it's a big, a big show. I think it's been on four seasons, is The Crown. Mm. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it basically chronicles the, the monarchy starting way back when in the early 1900s. And it's just, to me, it's just fascinating. And there's no way I would have any interest in that when I was in high school. Some of the others are like probably like the property shows, the real estate shows. I, I wouldn't have, I definitely would have, you know, been interested in those. And then another one, and I'll, I'll probably nerd out on you right now. So I have an interest in, in family tree genealogy stuff just wow, in the last few that. years and finding your roots. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but they take like celebrities and they go back and they look at their family tree and it's really you know, fascinating stuff. They'll find people, celebrities or famous people that are actually related to each other. Uh, I'm not doing it justice with the description. That sounds good. Well, now, did you go back and find out like Julius Caesar was your great grandfather or something <laughs> like that? Or, or yeah. Mark Antony? If you go back for far enough, you'll, you'll find out you're connected to some famous person or especially right. royalty in, you know, Europe of some sort. But yeah, it's interesting. And for me, it's more like the past few hundred years, because uh, I don't know a lot about certain parts of my um, family, on especially my dad's side, and getting to know what happened. Right. It's interesting to me. Yeah, so, I like it. I like it. And our viewers will like to find out that Butch was somehow a descendant of Mark Anthony. You look <laughs> like him. You, so that could happen, even though I don't really know what he looks like, but from the movies. Butch, here's a good one. Funniest story growing up. So give us a funny story. You, you mentioned a couple of them before to me, so go for it. Yeah, I'll get to this in a second. A common thread has been like this Hawaii trips, but the, the one that sticks out to me 
And I was, I was trying to figure out, I, I know the story of, I, the problem I have is remembering actually who was there. But anyway, it was probably like the second or last week of high school. And we were, a group of us were out like near the parking lot where those lockers, we all had our lockers near the uh, the charger thing. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yep. That um, statue. Where our lockers were. Senior lockers. Where, where the senior lockers were. And we're sitting around talking. And for some reason, we were talking to our vice principal, Happy Jack. Remember Happy Jack? Oh, yeah. Who actually Patty, Patty O'Neill's uh, uncle or uh, uncle, right? Yeah. Uncle. I yeah. believe it's her uncle. The guy wore the same light blue sweater <laughs> every day that good. we were in high school. But <laughs> nonetheless, we were sitting there. And for the last few weeks of high school, there used to be, and I, I think it was people from Gunderson, they would come and they would cruise through our parking lot and, you know, yell stuff at us, F you, Leland, whatever. And we just, we were there talking to Happy Jack and it was, I know it was me, Keith Conover, Willie Thorne, I think Bill Bravo, the great Dave Anderson. When was the last time you said that name? I saw he was his birthday the other day on Facebook. I saw. That's right. And so we're sitting there. These guys come through and they're yelling and they take off. And somebody says, let's go get them. I don't know who said that, but for some reason, I don't know what we thought we were going to do. If we actually met up with these guys, <laughs> I'm not a, hey, I'm a wrestler, but I've got a brawler. Okay. We, we hop into the cowmobile. And for our listeners, the cowmobile was this old, very large station wagon that had these cow horns on the grill because that was Keith Conover's nickname, the cow. So we get in the car and we, we cruise down Camden. We go right on Almonden. And when we see these guys, we see their car. So we, we pull up next to them and we're yelling at them. They're yelling back. And somebody in the back of the station I got the idea of start throwing Keith just had Keith Connor had just had all this stuff just nonsensical just stuff in the back of his station wagon <laughs> and we just started throwing stuff at this car like one thing was a coffee pot was thrown at the other I remember pot. hearing about that that's great another thing was a chew stick and for those <laughs> of our listeners don't know what a chew stick is a chew stick was this thing that Keith made it was like PVC pipe that was capped at the bottom and he used to just spit his chew in it. A very unique way of spitting your chew. And so that was thrown. And then Keith had, he was doing some kind of fundraiser and somebody just started throwing out like these, they were like invitations or something. I don't know, something he actually paid money for or he owed money for. Like he was going to recoup the money by selling these for a fundraiser. So we just threw all this stuff out. At one point, the two cars like bumped together a few times. Wow. And granted, we're only going like, we're only going 25 miles an hour next to this car. But it was, you know, a little scary, actually, at that <laughs> point. A cop, an off-duty cop comes up, flashes his ba badge at us and says, pull over. And he pulls up and he's trying to get the car that we're battling with to pull over. When he, Once he did that, we go and we turn on a side street, jam over to Keith's house. We put the car in the garage and we're just hoping like the police don't, you know, the SWAT team doesn't arrive at Keith's house. But that was very memorable. Great one. I'll be real brief on this one. You were there. 
the blowhole, and you can help me with this one, but we went to Hanama Bay in Oahu one day on our trip. We're going on this trail to this blowhole, and we see these people walking back the opposite direction, and there's a, a girl that's holding like her forehead. That's weird. What's going on here? So we go to this blowhole, and it's amazing view. You're right, right on the water. And we jump in. So what you do is you jump in and as the tide comes in, each wave, it comes down this channel and the water goes up and down. And when we got there, it was just imagine like a big spa or bathtub and it just up and down. And as time goes on, you remember, the mm -hmm. water would go lower. <laughs> and each time it went lower, the blowhole, like the splash of the water blowing out the hole got bigger to the point where we, I was scared. Like I didn't, I couldn't get out because as each wave, as the water would get lower, you couldn't like climb up the walls of this blowhole. So finally one comes and it knocks me against the, the wall of the blowhole. You, I think you might've pulled me out or Ronnie or somebody. And at some point we started with probably what, six of us. I don't really remember. In the blowhole, the last person in the blowhole that I remember was Jake. And the last wave that went out, the water went down to his. We knew this was a bad thing because the incoming wave was just going to be horrendous. Well, do you remember? We were like looking and you could see the wave. It was this giant wave coming and we're yelling, get out of the hole. And I think at <laughs> one time, one of those came and I was trying to get out and I finally got out, but Jake was the last guy in there. Yeah. And here comes this monster wave and we all saw it. And yeah, so I, I think the order, I remember, I think you got out before me and then Jake was the last one. This wave comes and it just made three or four times the biggest blowhole splash of any of the others before. We look down, we don't see Jake in the blowhole anymore. Five or 10 feet outside the blowhole, all bloodied from just blown into the air, lands on the lava rocks. Oh, that was great. That's just ingrained in my memory. I remember this giant wave came and we all backed up because this huge wave was coming. And then it just was one of those things where you couldn't see anything. Just this no, giant water right. wave. And then we looked down and we're probably about, like you said, five or six feet away from it. And there Jake is sitting, laying there, just bloodied <laughs> and poor guy. <laughs> yeah. If anyone listened to the last, your last podcast, you realize that Jake is at the center of a lot of the stories and some at his expense that because he's there, he made comedic, but yeah, he was great. Hey, he's a great guy. And hey, yeah, his, his story though, with the Japanese guy, I'm going to tell on the thing. Oh, we won't take our time now, but he didn't do it justice when he yeah, got beat up by that Japanese guy and, and where he, he was, he really saved honor with the girl he was with. They wanted him to, they wanted his shoes, remember? And then they wanted yeah. the girl and he stood up to the bullies and got crap beat out of him there. And then the Japanese guy kicked, roundhouse kicked him when he was trying to get help. And then the guy finally helped. It's a great story. Great story. Okay. But here's one. If you, if you go back in time and tell your 16 year old self something from your 57 years of living, what would you tell him? Good question. So my answer is going to probably be similar to some of the others in a way. When I was 16, I don't, I wouldn't say I was insecure, but to the point of, I always cared about what people thought. And, and I think that's a common theme of teenagers. You just wondering what people think of you or, and then when you get a little older, the decisions that you make in life, it could be 
your job or who you're going to marry or whatever. And I think, and I, I would include myself in this, is caring about what other people think of your life decisions. And if you're fitting them into what they think would be right. And I guess the point I would make is that shouldn't matter. The people that love you and care about you, they want what's best for you. And you have to realize that you have to make your own decisions. And definitely in certain situations, you consider advice and such. But I wouldn't, what I'm saying is I wouldn't make that what other people's opinions, what you think their opinions are of you, I wouldn't have those shape your life decisions. That makes yeah. sense. No, that makes uh, And that's still a big thing now with kids. It's what are your peers thinking? Now there's so many avenues for people to give their opinion, Facebook, Instagram, all these other things that go on, TikToks or whatever. But you have all these different ways that people are giving their opinion about you. But you had it pretty much going on. You were a young Italian stud with a Firebird. Come on now, wait a minute. You had the Firebird going. That thing was the magnet and you had it all. All right, let's talk about the name Butch a little bit because I loved giving people nicknames and Ronnie and I were sitting there and we were, you had a bad haircut. And so we started calling you Butch and it stuck. And I, and I think your wife calls you Butch now. She doesn't call so tell us about it. How'd you feel about Butch? I don't know if you totally liked it for the, the beginning, but it's a great name for you. You know, they always say that you can't, you can't hang a, a nickname on yourself. You can't, like, I couldn't say, hey, call me uh, Italian Stallion. <laughs> I don't think people would have hung with that. But so there was a, a wrestling match, going back to wrestling again. We were, it was at home. And our gym was packed. One of the things, exciting things, cool things about that last year was that we always had, you go to to wrestling matches and there'll be just parents, maybe a few parents in the the crowd. And we had really big crowds for wrestling matches. I'm about to step out onto the mat. And I think a lot of people who wrestle are like this. You, you, You tune out, like you have, a lot of times you need to listen to what your coach is saying, whether it's time on the clock or what to be aware of of the other person's doing, or if you have a person in a certain hold, maybe change your grip somehow. Could be anything. So you you really learn to focus to listen to your coach's voice. And I'm stepping onto the mat and I hear this voice going really loud. And I know immediately whose voice (laughs) it is. And it was the great TB's voice. So you're calling me Butch because Coach Gans, the week before, my hair was really long. And he was like, you got to get that haircut. And I got it cut. Now, in today's standards, it probably wouldn't have been that short. It wasn't like a buzz cutter. It wasn't like my normal parted down the middle. Yeah, looking feathered, sweet. Feathered hair. <laughs> Not quite as good as Todd Urban's. It was perfect. Close. And I got it you know, cut off pretty short. And you were just saying, I don't know for how long, but it was the only voice I was hearing. And I just thought, yeah, I didn't think much of it. I just, you think, oh, that's, yeah, he called me Butch during this match. And then the next day, you and Ronnie and some others were calling me Butch, and it just never went away. And I'm okay with it. I can have a nickname. It's, it's you know, it, there could be worse. Fast forward to, like, college. People are calling me that. I meet my wife in college, and I'm introduced as Butch. To her. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Everybody on her side of 
the family calls me that. And, and I'm introduced as Butch to work together. It's probably like 70% of the people in my sphere call me Butch and maybe 30% call me Chris. So I wanted to get rid of that. No. Oh, Butch is the greatest. It is, it is my, I like giving, I give people nicknames all the time at school. I've been doing it for 35 years teaching and Butch is the number one nickname. You never hear anything stuck quite like Butch. And so that's great. I'm glad things happen for a reason. Yeah. It was awesome. We've talked a little bit about Leland Wrestling and 81 and 82. The one that's coming out this next week with Ron Mason and Chris Cameron, they talked about 81 Wrestling a bunch because that's when they were seniors. And you guys had a good team, obviously, then too, and then 82. Maybe just let's rehash a little bit about just about that 82 team and CCS and all those things that kind of went with it. Yeah, so... Like I was saying before, there were there were the Foo brothers, and I, I think our last year we had all four of them: Kirk, Tony, Nathan, and I'm just blanking on the fourth one. Maybe we had one that was in, at Bret Hart, who was actually they allowed him to wrestle on the varsity. So we, we had all four years, freshman through senior year, rep, represented by Foo's on our team. Like I said before, so Cowman, Keith Conover was a great wrestler. John Angelari, Jeff Gill, Barker, who was an outstanding wrestler. And we, what made me a better wrestler was wrestling with Kirk Fu every day. He was, right. he was a, a, I think, a weight class below me or maybe even two. But we really challenged each other every practice and I I can't say that was the way it was like my sophomore year but we all knew that this was for Leland anyway this was something really special and like you said before like the first round of CCS I think we all won our matches with the foos going so far in in that CCS round we placed second I think Monterey was Monterey won it. In fact, I'm friends with the coach from Monterey yeah. a guy named Bill Grant. And he remembers, he remembered you guys. I said, I called you Chris then because he wouldn't have known Butch, but uh, he remembered you and Willie and the Foos. He was one of those coaches that was just a great coach and had coached for 40 years. And so it was really a special team. And it was really the best team that when I was in high school that we had at our school, I can't think of, we had great swimming teams and stuff like that. that were good, but that was a great team. I think so. I, I can't vouch for a lot of the other sports that I probably didn't get a chance to watch, but I think of football, baseball, basketball, you guys, basketball went to CCS that year, I think. And eh, no, we were bad our senior year, our junior year, we were pretty good, but uh, we weren't even year. close. We weren't even close to you guys. We, eh. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a special group, special time and wrestling, I would say, and I'm sure a lot of people could say this, that wrestled, but it really, and a lot of sports like this, but I think for me, especially wrestling shapes you from a discipline standpoint of, especially in practice. I remember one time, this might've actually been junior. It was the night, it was Halloween night and coach Gans didn't want us going out, screwing around and getting in trouble. He made us do what are called countdowns. And what it is, you you do three different exercises. So you start off doing like 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, 25 jumping jacks. And then you do it again. Then you do 24. You count down. 
So for all of our math majors out there, (laughs) if you times 25 by 25 and 24, there's a lot of reps. I mean, I think we got down to, I forget what it was, 17 or 18, and we were exhausted. And the point I'm making is that if you can get through, getting through stuff like that, just it has to make you a tougher person, not just physically, but especially mentally. Yeah, I agree. That, that's definitely helped me in other areas of my life. Okay, what's ahead? And what's the future look like for Marlene and Butch? And what's going on? What do you guys, I know you made the move to Southern California. What else is going to go on? Obviously, with COVID situation right now, it's, we're all in limbo. But So we have this great thing as far as having a place out in Palm Desert, which you've experienced before yes. and will again in a few weeks with you and your lovely wife the best Uh, so we're in the midst of making that place a little better from a standpoint right now you walk in it looks like a 70s motel room which isn't bad but it's a nice place it's great working on that so we can actually spend more time out there and enjoy it and yeah that's on the the top of the list yeah i'm not ready to retire right now per se but it's out there it's in the it's in the nearer future i'm not sure exactly when that's going to be and then figuring out what we're going to do with that time uh, when we aren't working anymore. You can only play, I can only play so much golf. Right. We've talked about it just the other day. We were talking about, especially since we're not, there's, it's just us. There's not a lot of social time because of the pandemic. And it just got us making, made us think about things like maybe volunteering or mm-hmm. something of that nature in a way that's more like hands-on. I'm not sure exactly what that would be yet, but just the whole COVID situation. And there's people that are definitely struggling out there right now. And it's it's made us reflect on how fortunate we are and how, you know, maybe how we could help others uh, in the future. I'm not sure how, what shape. I'm sure you guys will do some good stuff. I'm going to, I think that when I go down to Palm Desert, I'm going to probably do a little coaching, maybe assist a basketball team or maybe coach football or do something like that. You could coach wrestling. We could coach at Palm Desert High School. It's a really good school. They're red and gold. I have lots of red and gold stuff from PG High. And we'll go there and we'll coach some, uh, you coach some wrestling. I'll go, I'll yell Butch and Crossface and all those other things. That would be a kick for sure. Butch, great having you on. It's been fun. We will, this will be on in a couple weeks, but just excited and thank you for being on, Butch. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And it's it's been a blast listening to your podcast. I got stuck in a traffic jam on Highway 5 a few weeks ago. <laughs> and the whole time I was stopped, I listened to you and the great Tony Lamina. The Redwood, yes. It's, it's been delightful. Oh, that's great. All right, Butch. Again, that's uh, Bath for this week. We'll, we'll be back every week on Thursdays to watch Bath or listen to Bath. And that's our bath for this week with the great Butch. Thank you for listening. Please go check out Saving Innocence on their website. Follow their social media at Saving Innocence and make a donation. There's a link in the show notes. Have a great day.